Welcome to the Family Life Canada podcast. We're Neil and Cheryl Josephson. And while this podcast was launched to bring some help and hope to couples and families during the COVID crisis, we know that the kinds of conversations we're having with our guests are going to be helpful well beyond this particular season. And that is so, so true with the topic we have today. We're going to talk about how to manage conflict. And notice we said manage conflict because there's two things that Cheryl and I know from being married 41 years and from talking to thousands of couples. Conflict in a marriage or in a family is 100% inevitable. We all have it. And then the second thing we've learned is that conflict isn't all bad. So we brought in some friends, uh, friends who actually have written the book mm-hmm. on conflict called The Good Fight. Literally wrote And uh, so we've, we've engaged Les and Leslie Parrott to come in and let's talk about how to manage conflict. Mm-hmm. But just before we do that, how are you and the boys? Seattle was really kind of the, the earliest hot spots for COVID. Are you well? Yeah, thankfully we're all healthy and, and well, just uh, like everybody else in the world freaked out a little bit, uh, but uh, doing good. Yes, and and praying hard because we're covering uh-huh. all here on the front lines and also the people we all love. So I know you're in the same boat. We're so grateful um, just to be sheltering in with our family. Yeah, your boys are home. So the four of you are all hunkering down. That's it. Hmm. So let's talk, let's talk about conflict. Uh, you're talking to couples, we're talking to couples. Right before this interview, <laughs> uh, I went to turn up the heat in our little house. Uh, the thermostat kind of fell off and shattered into a bunch of pieces on the floor. And my immediate reaction was, Neil. And I, I literally yelled out Neil's name. He wasn't even within 10 feet of this <laughs> thermostat. Exactly. My point exactly. And he, I mean, he was super gracious, but I started giggling right away. Like there's nothing about that that was his fault. But I realized just this kind of proximity stuff, little things kind of build up and it's very easy to kind of lash out at the people next to you. Um, The only people next to you in our case. And for everybody now, we are together 24 seven. So that person next to us is our spouse or Mm -hmm. our, our kids. How do we handle that? Yeah. So what about so the situation? You're, what you're saying is that you actually scheduled us to be on this podcast with you so we could solve your personal marriage problems. Yes. Should we lay down? Can we lay on the couch? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's inevitable, right? Um, stress and um, things that we can't control right. exacerbate conflict, right? It's just the, the more things that are out of control, like a broken thermostat, or the potential job loss or you know getting whatever uh causes more tension in our relationship and so we snap more frequently and that's why this this time of of being in our homes is it's only natural that we're going to have more conflict yeah we're not our best selves when we're anxious and we're also not having any distractions as you said that we lash out at the person right next to us and Clearly, the thermometer is in Neil's uh, category of work, right? (laughs) (laughs) It couldn't have been your fault. No, but I love that because um, we really do find that our emotions are more on the surface and we need help. Like, we think we're capable. We think we're handling all the stress till we realize we have a stiff neck or that we just 
broke into mm. tears or, you know, or that the thermostat breaks and we cry out our spouse's name. And then we realize, wow, I'm impacted by this and I need some tools. Well, and I love what you said, Neil, uh, there at the, the start that it's, it's not all bad to have conflict, right? right? I mean, um, so many times people ask us, oh, hey, you're two psychologists. Leslie's a marriage and family therapist. I'm a clinical psychologist. They think, oh, you guys must never have any fights. That's not the goal. The goal is to, is, is to use your fights right. to bring you closer together. We've often said, and we do this event uh, around and across North America uh, called um, uh, Fight right. Night. And it's a fun date night experience. At least we used to do that when we could get on airplanes, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, at, uh, when we were out there doing that, we would often say at the very beginning that conflict is the price we pay for a deeper level of intimacy. Right. If you know how to fight a good fight, it can actually bring you closer together. So the goal is not to avoid conflict, it's about how to create a good fight. That's why our book, The Good Fight, has that title, right? <laughs> there's bad fights that pull us apart and then there's good fights that bring us together. Right. And so that's what we wanna major on, of course, during this time. And that doesn't mean that even after you know the skills, like I said, here we are, we have the credentials, we've written a book on it, we've <laughs> public speakers on it. And within the last uh, week and a half, I've had to apologize to both my boys and Leslie for not being my best self in mm -hmm. the context of this COVID thing, because um, we're all impacted by right. it. And it doesn't sometimes bring out the best in us. We have conflict that maybe isn't healthy, and that's when we need to do the repair work. So what are the essentials of a good fight? Well, that's a, a question we can definitely answer because we have studied that in, in depth. We, we have studied that in, in a way probably most people would never want to. We've looked at all the research articles that academics place on dusty shelves, and we spent a lot of time really pulling through all that material to see when you boil it all down to the essentials, what really makes all the difference? Yeah, when we were writing the book, I remember we had all these scholarly articles and we were trying to to kind of categorize them because we wanted to know, we wanted to answer that question that you just posed. What are the ingredients of a good fight versus a bad fight? And uh, I remember we kind of had consolidated four stacks of studies. And Leslie, I remember we were on the floor kind of looking at all these and, and Leslie stood up and, and, and she said, well, there it is. She says, that's it. That's the core of a good fight right there. And little did we know kind of how prophetic that statement was because it really was the core, C-O-R-E, as we realized it. We are always trying to put the cookies on the bottom shelf, make it easy to access and remember what we want to remember. And it does spell the word core. There's four things. And the C stands for cooperation. If you want to have a good fight, you've got to uh, at first work at having a cooperative spirit within the context of that conflict. Easier said than right. done, for sure. But it's doable. Yeah, for sure. But th yeah, because so often our fear creates this sense that, you know, you're not doing it right. You know, you didn't wash your hands good enough and you right. might expose us to the virus yeah. or whatever it is. So we start to feel the tension between yeah. us rather than feeling like, wow, OK, yeah. this global event is is out there. And as a team, we're cooperating to rally and survive it together right. so we come into the kitchen yes. we put the groceries on the on the countertop i just washed that with clara you can't be putting that right it's like okay 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 right. i, I want to be on your team right. let's, let's remember we're in this together just remind me it's a different day and so that's what we mean by cooperative spirit that's where it starts cooperation the o in c-o-r-e the o is for 
ownership. You've got to own your piece of the pie. You've got to take responsibility, set your pride aside. I always ask couples, hey, have you ever had a pride fight? Yeah, of course, they're all pride fights. And so ownership requires you to set that pride in abeyance and recognize, okay, I'm adding some chaos to this conflict. I'll admit that. Uh, maybe not all of it. And I certainly feel like I didn't start it, but I will own my but, piece of the pie. You well, know? and it's really that that sense of ownership goes pretty deep. I mean, it sounds simple, but it is deep because uh, because it's a shift away from from blaming or, you know, whatever, trying to, to place blame and instead saying whoever caused it doesn't matter. How can I be a part of us spinning into the better place and make make this moment turn for us together. There's a little statement that a friend of ours likes to often mention that he says, uh, uh, um, a humble, humble pie, pie <laughs> is a pastry that's never tasty. Yeah. And mm. isn't that the truth? <laughs> I mean, it's just not, uh, it doesn't feel good to kind of do that, but it's, it's a requirement if you want to bring ownership to the mm. enterprise. So does that make sense? Those are the first two, cooperation uh -huh. and ownership. Because mm -hmm. if you play, the other party's going to defend themselves, right? It's a pretty natural reaction. And now you're into another, now you're in a bad fight, I suppose. Yes. Yes. Defensiveness never leads. Has, no. has anybody ever been in a fight and then defended themselves and their partner went, oh, okay, now I see it in a whole new light. I guess we're all good <laughs> Good now, you know? Uh, it just yeah. doesn't work that way. And so that, that in fact, is on the other side of the, the coin is defensiveness. That's an ingredient yeah. of a bad fight. Right. Um, but so what are the other two? I was just going to say, I bet the ownership hinges into the, the last two. Yeah, so you got cooperation, ownership, and then respect. We're spelling out the word core, C-O-R-E, and respect. And respect really is profound. In fact, if any of these uh, are more significant than the others, I want to lean on this one because respect is truly like the holy ground of a good fight, the kind that draws you together. Because even when I look at Les and I'm thinking, man, I am my worst self, you're your worst self, if I still offer that sense of, I respect you. I'm with you in this, even though this moment is not what we want it to be. I'm here. I'm with you. That is truly the heart of a good fight. Yeah. Right. And, and it's, it's can be the challenge because sometimes yeah. we're tempted to be pretty caustic in a fight yep. and demeaning and even contemptuous. And we roll our eyes at each other and we say things yep. that we eventually regret and, and or diagnose each other's flaws, yeah. whatever. Way to go. We know uh, each other's hot buttons yeah. too, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> we push those. And so we say yeah. things like, way to go, Einstein. Did you know we're yeah. in a pandemic and you're going to do that right now? Really? You know, you know, stupid stuff like that. So C-O-R, cooperation, mm -hmm. ownership, respect. And then the E is for empathy. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. empathy, man, I wish that we could package empathy right now. I, I wish know. we could bottle it up. I wish I that we could, you know, if we could put it for sale on our website, we would outsell. It would be, we'd run out of it quicker than people mm -hmm. uh, are trying to buy toilet paper right now. You know, it's just uh, <laughs> uh, the capacity to put yourself in somebody else's shoes, see the world from another person's perspective. It's the single most important relationship skill set we can ever work yeah. on in so many ways. And most of us think we do that pretty well when the research shows, yeah, really you don't. Um, and so those are the four things, cooperation, ownership, respect, empathy. You know, just before this COVID thing broke out, I was in Nashville and it was just kind of starting, the rumblings of it were beginning. And I was at um, a party in Nashville at, at uh, Dave Ramsey's house. Dave and I do a lot of speaking together, and you know, the money guru. And, and uh, 
and Stephen Curtis Chapman was there, and I've, I've known Stephen for a while, and and, uh, and he he was in Seattle uh, and over at our home, maybe I don't know, three or four months before this thing. And he's, he's a great musician for anyone who might not know. Right, that. incredible, yeah. you know, Grammy. Yeah, you bet. In, in, incredible, but he he said, you know, those four things, the core of a good fight, you guys talk about. He said. You know, do you know, you remember that? I said, yeah, of course. And, and he said, well, I was reading about him in your book, The Good Fight. And he said, I wrote a song about him. Do you want to hear it? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> we want to hear it. And so he had a, a more kind of uh, lighthearted <laughs> twist. on. It. I can't remember what his four C-O-R-E's were, but I remember the, the C was for cussing. That's where he started. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and it, and it went on from there. And um, all right, well, we're all going to go online and check out this song now. Yeah, I, I record it when he played it. I recorded it yeah. with my phone. I said, I will not play this until you give me permission publicly to share yeah. it. And so when I was in Nashville at this thing, he said, I'm going to get in the studio and I'm going to record that and oh, make it better for you. And so uh, I'm still waiting on that. I have a feeling. Oh, okay. Well, we will wait too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's so that that's fantastic. And, and that's memorable, C-O-R-E. I think everybody who's listening is going to remember it. And we can go deeper in the book, The Good Fight. Here's a question for you. Out of all the things potentially that create friction between us, and maybe there's more today than ever because we're forced together, how do you decide what's worth just letting it go? Mm. And uh, because if you just let it go and it goes underground and it festers, that's not healthy. But I mean, some stuff should be let go and other stuff should be addressed mm -hmm. in the C-O-R-E way. How do, you How do you coach people which? on that? How do you discern what's what? Yeah. Can I answer? I want to come back to core. One one quick thing, because sure. I know it's going to be troubling to people that are out there if I don't say this. And then I want to answer your question. That that C-O-R-E thing sounds like, oh, OK, so that's a good thing to put in a book or talk about from the stage or whatever. But how do you really put that into real life practice? Right. Because sure. the next time that the thermostat falls off the wall and breaks into a million pieces, you're not going to go, oh, Let's do that core thing they talked about. Right? <laughs> You're right. And, and so, so, so how do I make this helpful to people? Here's how. Don't think about, oh, I got to do all these four things. Right. I want you to think about those four, the, the, the four that we listed out, cooperation, ownership, respect, and empathy. And which one of those comes most naturally? Which one is easiest for you to put into practice? Because that's what you want to lean into, right? Mm -hmm. For me, it's empathy. Not because that comes terribly easy for me, but I've just studied it so much and that's where I want to get to as quickly. I know that can resolve a, a conflict quicker than anything mm. else I can pull out of my tool bag to use mm. in this context. And it's so powerful. Mm. Once he chooses empathy and we're embroiled in some kind of chaos between us, right. then not only does he begin to treat me differently with all the others, he's owning things because he sees it from my perspective. It just naturally flows. But then also there's this contagious thing that happens because of the way God has created us. That is, he offers me empathy. The mirror neurons in my mind and heart start to go off and I return that gift that right. he's offered. I, I sure. mirror it back. He draws me up with him. So it's contagious. And it, mm -hmm. it really is amazing that just one person can make one good choice in a yeah. conflict and turn the tide for the whole thing. So, so Neil, sorry to hijack your question yeah. there. But no, I just, right. I'm, I'm glad point. you included that. But I think yeah. that's a great point because yeah. for me, the one that I go to, try to go to as often as I can is the ownership piece. And as Love soon it. as I do that, as soon as I say, oh, you know what? 
I, I, I'm sorry because I, whatever my little percentage, just my little percentage of <laughs> But immediately what happens is Neil said, yeah, you're right. So, and that just, just lowers the tension, diffuses the situation, and then we can have a, a, a really healthy conversation. Strikes me, and I want you to get to that answer, uh, Lesson Leslie, but man, it strikes me that even if a couple talked about these four and said, which one comes in more uh, easily to me? Right. Or which one do I appreciate the most when you try it? Boy, that would be a great conversation, right? Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, that's what we call a love talk starter. That's yeah. a great conversation because you can begin to unpack that. And you'll learn things about each other's homes growing up because right. so many times we get talk about empathy when we recognize the home that that person was you know, raised in. Oh, no wonder they kind of have that yeah. response to mm-hmm. us. You know, mm-hmm. you guys gave us something uh, about three <laughs> or four years ago when we were with you in Canada and Vancouver. And we had spoken and we told the story uh, about about I, the home you grew up in, the home I grew yes. up in and, and how <laughs> we treated ketchup. Mom never put a bottle of ketchup out on the, the table. She would always put in a little dish. And I don't know how you guys did this so quickly, but you were so clever and you went to some nice department store or something and found this little like a ceramic, super classy little container of uh, that says ketchup, ketchup. on it. It yeah. has a little wooden spoon that connects Your mom to it. would so afraid. Yes, and we still have that in our kitchen to this day. And we have a very clean countertop, but yes. that thing sits out there prominently. And it reminds us not only of you, but it reminds us of how our family yeah. of origin shapes these right. little triggers that happen in our lives. Oh, true. And I want to go back to your question, Neil, because I think it's a good one. We don't know sometimes, like, is this issue worth even having the, like, is this going to be a costly one for us or is this going to actually connect us? And, and one of the things that we talk about in that book, The Good Fight is, is we give people a grid to kind of determine, is this worthwhile right now to have this conversation? And, And you have to kind of decide, first of all, how important is this issue to me? Like, you know, is this, is this something I deeply care about or just something that, I don't know, I felt a a fleeting thought about and wanted to express my emotions. And then you also need to answer the question, am I in a good place to talk about this right now? You know? Yeah, am I hungry? Am I tired? Yeah. Have I had a bad night of sleep? Yeah. Stressed out? And, And those are two, the more important the issue is, the more important it is that you're actually in a good place when you talk about it, because you don't want to bring up something really significant and not be capable of a conversation that meets the needs your relationship has over them. Yeah, we have a, a little grid in, in the book, The Good Fight. And by the way, people can find this book at, at our website, lessonlesley.com, but, um, or you know, at all the regular outlets like Amazon, of course. But uh, we have this little grid uh, that categorizes fights, whether they're you know worth just kind of passing over or let's get into it here right. and ding, ding, round one, here we go, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and one is if it's trivial, if the matter is trivial and I'm not ready for a fight, now we've all been in those situations. Yeah. For us, that happens a lot on vacation for some reason, you know, <laughs> we're having a good time and suddenly, wait, wait, you, you, where'd you, you said you put the tickets in here and they're not in here. No, I put them in, the, you know, that kind of stuff. It's a trivial thing. And I'm not ready because I haven't slept all night or we just got off the airplane. And we call that a dumb fight, yep. right? That's a dumb fight. But if, it, if I'm not ready and it's an important matter, uh, that's a, an even dumber fight, right? Because why are we fighting about this when we know it's only going to get crazy because I'm not ready for it? And then we have 
things that are trivial and I'm ready, but that's a non-fight. Like we can resolve that if really, I'm in truly, a good space for it. Yeah. But the good fights happen when I'm ready for it and it's an important matter. So that little grid in our book yeah. is what can kind of help people decipher that. And, and I got to tell you, I am terrible at this. I will be the first to admit it. Well, you don't shy away from a conflict. You would like to take it on. Right. I'm ready for a fight at any moment. <laughs> you're, at any moment. You're itching. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go right now. Dude, I don't like the way you said that, Neil. Let's, come on. What are you saying? <laughs> I want to go at it, right? And Leslie is just like this grace-filled person relative to me. And she can kind of pass over, but I know it. I know when she's doing it because sometimes she gives like the side eye to my 16-year-old son, like, yep, that's dad, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, so I know it's going on, but but our personalities factor into this whole thing as well is, is my point, right? Some of us, those will come more naturally or easier to us than others. Absolutely. And that's why we, we all lean in to those qualities that come naturally to us. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So here's a question for you. In this season... Are there some opportunities for couples, opportunities for families to learn these tools? I mean, we never again may have, hopefully we never again hmm. have this kind of environment. Um, can we lean into this whole idea of conflict and, and learn some tools and figure it out in this season? And so we benefit from it in the years to come. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that question. This is a special opportunity because what what's tempting is just to allow one day during this COVID crisis, to have one day stack on top of the other day as we wait for the world to get back to normal. And we just kind of waste the time, right? And um, and it's tempting because we're not interacting with people. You know, I think it was Jimmy Fallon that said, socks are the new shoes, right? We get up and like, I don't, you know, I feel like I've really accomplished something if I took a shower today, you know? And so um, this this whole concept, and, and if you don't mind, I'd love to tell people about our new book because it fits naturally yeah, with this. Sure. The, the Good Fight is filled with strategies and tips and techniques and really practical things and you know that you can do to help resolve a conflict. And, and uh, we obviously talk a lot about that book in our fight night thing. But there is a book that we just wrote. It's called Healthy Me, Healthy Us, that is almost the precursor to everything else that we've ever written. And we've written a number of books, but we couldn't have written this book at the, at the start because we didn't have the wisdom for it. But here's the premise. Your relationships can only be as healthy as you are. Let me say that again. Your relationships, including your marriage, can only be as healthy as you are. Therefore, one of the most important things you'll ever do for your relationships is work on who you are in the context of them. And yeah. while we're all you know, in shelter in place here in our homes and cooped up, this is a fantastic time to do some personal work, right? We, we have to, Leslie and I have talked about how uh, we're together all the time here in our, our home and we have to have some time that we go, I need just an hour to be by myself. And, and like she might take a nap or I just, I got to do email and, and I close the door or whatever it is. And so you take that time, but we need some time for personal growth, I think, during this, this whole season as well. And that's why this book, Healthy Me, Healthy Us, is built on that premise that your relationships can only be as healthy as you are. And what we've tried to do is give our readers a real practical kind of simple and profound, in fact, 
We were talking about Mr. Rogers. Yeah, because maybe you've seen recently the, the movie about yeah, Mr. Rogers and the documentary that preceded it. And so we've all been so moved and touched by remembering who he is. But one of his quotes that is so uh, significant to us, that life is deep and simple. And so often we try to make it shallow mm. and complicated. Yeah, and, right, right. Yeah. And so what we've done in this book, Healthy Me, Healthy Us, is to, once again, the best we can put the cookies on the bottom shelf, make it accessible, make it simple uh, to do. And so we've highlighted three things and we don't have to go through them here, but we've highlighted three things and each of them has two chapters connected with it. And I just want to mention the first chapter. It's all about um, tuning into your self-talk, tuning into your self-talk. Uh, it's the single most important conversation that you ever have. And you had that conversation yesterday and you're going to have it tomorrow. And you're having it right now today, even while you're listening to us. It's your internal dialogue, that self-talk. In fact, what if, what if before you fell asleep tonight, you could pull a little microchip out of the back of your head and plug it into your laptop and it would tabulate your internal dialogue for the last 24 hours? Can you imagine? And it would drop it into one of two categories, either positive self-talk or negative self-talk. Which one of those would be most full at the end of any given day for you? You know, that's an interesting question, right? If you're like most people, what you would discover is, and we know this from research at UCLA, 73% of your self-talk would fall into that negative bucket. Mm -hmm. We're constantly repeating stuff to ourselves that is just not healthy. And so that's where it starts. And, and if, if you're listening to us right now and you're thinking, oh, I'd kind of like to know a little bit more about that internal dialogue, we offer a free a uh, little assessment that you can go to healthymehealthyus.com, healthymehealthyus.com. takes about five minutes to answer a few questions, and we'll give you this, this nifty little uh, one-page report on your internal dialogue. And the reason that's important is we psychologists like to say awareness is curative, right? Uh, once you become aware of something, then you can do something about it. And so becoming aware of that internal dialogue, becoming aware of that self-talk, is a great first step while you're kind of cooped up in your home. It's a great way to begin to work, do some personal work to be a better person. Wouldn't it be great if we could come out of this whole experience after being cooped up for more than a month in our homes and go, I'm better because we went through this. Yeah. I'm, I'm easier to live with. Wouldn't you like to be easier yeah. to live with? Yeah. Um, and Man. wouldn't you like the person you're seated next to to be yeah. easy to live with yeah. too? <laughs> you know? so. <laughs> I'm excited to read the book. Um, so can we circle back just for the last few minutes and just, just, I want to ask you about this question because I think this is the reality in some of our homes. What if the conflict has escalated to the point that there is real risk? Uh, and usually we say when that happens, remove yourself from the situation. That's the first step. But in these days of isolating, that's not always possible. Mm. So as therapists, as counselors, as psychologists, what would you advise people to do when the conflict really escalates and becomes toxic? Well, you're right. Uh, things can be more intense than they've ever been when we don't have uh, a way out, a way to escape, a way to regroup. And so I think, you know, the answer is, first of all, um, if you find yourself in a situation where you're feeling unsafe, where you're feeling like maybe 
you're unsafe because you can't control your own emotions and actions or the person you're in maybe sheltering in with is in that place, seek help. I That's the first thing we would always say, get get yourself connected to a trusted counselor, even over the phone. People are, are reaching out and offering help. So don't stay isolated. But even in that, um, it, you know, if it's not as extreme as that you don't feel safe, it's just that you feel wounded and a little hurt and flooded with emotion and overwhelmed by the work of this relationship, then I would say that's where you can take some time apart and really do the things that help you to calm down and find some personal sense of groundedness. And as people of faith, for us, often that comes as a gift, a grace gift from the Holy Spirit, who you invite to meet you in that place of brokenness and refresh your capacity to love, to forgive, to offer grace and give you the wisdom to find the pathway forward. Back to the healthy hey, me, healthy us. Yeah, great hey, advice. Last question. So, so we have a fight and it's been mostly a good fight, maybe a little bit of a bad fight because we're not perfect there. And so you have this fight, um, resolution and repair. What's a couple things you would pass on? Like how do you repair after the fight? How do you well, guys do it? Yeah, the most natural thing is is an apology, which is very difficult for some yeah. of us to do. Yeah. If you're a competitive fighter, <laughs> like I am, um, boy, you really have to be intentional about getting your head into a space where, oh, yeah, I guess that I really did some something I shouldn't have done there or said something I, I really shouldn't have, and uh, rather than trying to win the fight. And so, but it really does come down to those two words, I'm sorry. And um, like I said, your your personality can kind of lean into that more than other personalities, depending on how you're hardwired. Yeah, because some of us um, maybe convey, I'm with you, I'm fully present, I'm engaged in this relationship, I'm turning toward you, even though we had the conflict in different ways. Maybe we're playful with our humor, or we yeah. offer an act of service because we know it's something that they will read as, okay, I care about you. I'm still all in, you know, and we find our ways that really communicate. I'm, I'm engaged. I'm on your team. Uh, you know, I may still be limping along a little bit hurt, but I'm not withdrawing. I'm all in. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, that's, it's so simple, right? Simple, uh, but <laughs> profound. Yeah. And that's, I'm sorry. It can change the demeanor of the whole tenor of your home when you utter those words and you really mean it not uh that's right, that's right. i like it, that you brought up humor though leslie because that's neil's that's what i do. when i'm trying to repair then i'll try to make make sure to laugh you know and early on when i didn't know that that was his repair technique it irritated me yeah. no you're serious this, enough you're not you're not you're making light of this but once once i know him well enough to know no that's actually his first move towards repair is when he starts to joke about it, the apology yeah. has to come as well. Sure, <laughs> but yeah. when you know each other well, you also know what the what the apology can look like. Well, my I grew up in a home with two older brothers, and uh, that means that sarcasm is one of yes. my love languages. <laughs> and, uh, Me too. Me too. And so uh, my family has, has learned that love language with me too, Neil. So I, I get it. Yes, humor is a great way to diffuse it. Um, doesn't always work. Sometimes it backfires, but it's a, it's a good, good one to try for sure. So boy, you've offered us some great tools. Uh, the core, uh, cooperation, ownership, respect, 
empathy. You've talked about how to how to repair and how to restore when you do have. You've talked about staying healthy yourself in order to have yeah. healthy. And so I, you know what, that. Les, we quote we quote you all the time. I, you said years ago that a marriage is only as healthy as the least healthy person in mm-hmm. it. I, I don't know yeah. which one of you said it. We quote you all the time in that, and that's the part that we can individually own. And and I think you're right. This season of COVID sheltering is perfect for that. So uh, yeah. let's let's pick up your book, Healthy Me, Healthy Us, uh, The Good Fight. All of your resources are available on your website. We also have links on ours on family, familylifecanada.live, links to everything we've talked about today. But we can just want to say- Can I mention one other resource? Because we of have course. been just so overwhelmed with how couples are, are creating their own date nights at home, uh, even when they have little ones. <laughs> And it's a question that we've been getting. We've been doing uh, quite a few interviews over the last couple of weeks while, you know, we've all been trying to cope with this yeah. new way of living. Yeah. And don't you just don't you just miss the, the ability to walk out your front door and get in a car and go to your favorite restaurant, and get the pizza that you <laughs> love or get whatever. Like, that's one of the yeah. biggest. I mean, you know, it's, it sounds like such a we're dealing with other other bigger problems than that. But how do you have a date night when you're homeschooling? Uh, your kids and you've never done that before and you're trying to maintain you know a, a work life and the patterns are off and all and, that and stuff cooking everything from scratch which you've <laughs> right, never done before right, yeah. right. <laughs> Leslie, by the way made an incredible uh bunt cake of banana bread with chocolate in it last night i gotta tell you we've never had oh. that before in our entire 38 <laughs> years of marriage and 38 35. 35. Wow. Sure. It feels like 38. <laughs> <laughs> but here's so, anyway, here's something that I, I just want to pass along because it seems to be helping a lot of couples to kind of create a fun date night at home. Um, we, uh, you, you guys know that with Neil Clark Warren, we, we started eHarmony many, many years ago, 20 years ago or so. And, uh, in the context of that, I always said to Neil, I want to bring the same kind of technological magic to couples that are already matched and and use our technology to do something we couldn't do otherwise. And so we did that in a, in a little tool that we call Better Love, the Better Love Assessment. And it's super simple. You just go online and answer a series of questions and it generates this customized roadmap for lifelong love that's just for the two of you. And it's fun. It's no guilt. There's no shame. It doesn't evaluate or grade you or you can't pass or fail or something like that. But uh, it also comes uh, included with it is this little 40 page infographic action plan that is divided into four date nights. And you can do this at home after you tuck the little ones in and debrief it. And so the, the report, and the debrief sounds a little heavy, but all you all you get are fresh conversations. You know, sometimes we just need some input to get us new insights, new ways to talk. And this actually does. Yeah. That. So you each go on yeah. and you answer these questions separately. It takes about 10, 15 minutes at the most. And it instantly generates this little um, 10 page uh, guidebook. And, you know, the first page is all about your personality types and, you know, Talk about empathy. When we get back to the core, C-O-R-E, empathy. Uh-huh. When you begin to understand how God designed yeah. your spouse and hardwired them and, and you get mm-hmm. insight into yourself, that's the best and quickest way to increase your capacity for empathy. 
And there's a whole chat, a whole uh, page in there on your fight types as well. So you right. can understand how you're hardwired for conflict. So anyway, I just, I almost felt like we were doing a disservice if I didn't mention that because we're getting oh. such incredible feedback on that. So fantastic. I am so glad you mentioned that because it's a fantastic tool to help couples. And, and, in the busyness of our normal pace, people go, oh, yeah, great idea. I don't have time for it. Hey, folks, we're home. This is one of those opportunities where, uh, thanks for mentioning it. Take the assessment, Better Love. Yeah, um, go to betterlove.com. Betterlove.com. It's super simple, and it's it's $35 U.S. You can do your own translation in Canada, but um, it's, it's less than a, a typical date night would be, and you'll get four date nights out of it, uh, one for uh, – you know, anytime you want to use it during this COVID crisis. So, and if um, you can bake a bunt cake along oh, with man. it, that would be <laughs> awesome. Conversation would be so and good. And a bunt cake. You want to send out your recipe, Leslie? I yeah, think. yeah. Would you do that? Hey, you got it. Every, well, like, day, every download, you get Leslie's recipe. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it only was an Easter thing because the chocolate bunny that I got for my Easter. Uh, in my Easter basket, we we broke it up and put it in the bunt cake. It's baked oh. into it for extra special. Oh, so it's bunny bunt cake. Oh, <laughs> yeah. there you go. All right. Hey, you guys, thank you so much Thanks. for joining us. Uh, yeah, we always learn so much when we talk to you. We've loved your books. We've loved learning from you. And thank you for passing this on to the people so, in our world. So fun it's to so be great. with yes, you. And uh, we're going to think about you even more as we serve ketchup on the table. <laughs> in the Beautiful. <laughs> hey, check out, everybody thanks for joining us check out less and leslie.com uh these resources check them out uh family life canada live dot live you can get links to this let's take the opportunities that are ours even in these difficult days to grow a strong marriage hey thanks everybody we'll see you next time <laughs>